I remember this dude is now like yay big, and he was a little boy. He was about nine years old, and I shared in the service that when I see people from the military or the police or any other uh, service organization that serve the Americans so well that I always step up to them and say, thank you for your service to this country. And uh, sometimes they are busy maybe with their wife or a girlfriend or a, a, a fellow servant. And uh, when I say excuse me, they look up sort of a little bit perturbed. But when I say thank you for your service to our country, what you've done for us, there's always a big smile and, and a big thank you. And this guy who's now this big was nine years old. And after the morning service, he and his family went to, to lunch. And uh, he saw a big hombre, a military man, and uh, there in the restaurant. And he walked up to him, and this little nine-year-old said to him, Sir, my pastor says, thank you for your service to this country. And this big military tough hombre started crying for a nine-year-old, expressing such a thankfulness to, to him. And, so, and uh, so men and women, we, we honor you. We honor your families that have served, uh, wives, husbands that have stayed back. We honor you because it was, in a way, just as hard for you Amen. as it was for them. So uh, uh, I, for one, uh, and, and I'm a naturalized American. So I have lived in another country and grew up in another country. I was born in another country. And, and I tell Americans all the time that America is the greatest country on the face of the earth, period. And there is no close second anywhere to be seen. Uh, miles down the road. And uh, I have visited or lived in uh, many of the countries that people normally would like to live in. Uh, that are good places to live in, if you will. And there is none like, like America. And uh, so it is partly to a large extent because of those who have served us as they have for us to be able to live like we do. Uh, freedom simply is not free. Somebody paid a price. Amen. And so we thank you for your service and the price that you paid. Ah, uh, well... We are back in, in the book of Philippians, and uh, I hope that today we can close it out. Uh, somebody probably says amen, but, you know, I, I never get tired of the scriptures, whether it's Philippians or otherwise, and I don't know how to put this so everybody can see, but maybe everybody can sort of see. Uh, then we'll go. We are doing it. A little bit different these two days, these two Sundays, um, because we're going through the scriptures, and I'll, I read them and comment as we go. So, uh, normally, we'll go over maybe two or three scriptures, uh, verses, and then comment on them in detail. We're not going to address every scripture, but we're going to stop at some of them and address them best we can uh, with, with, some, with some speed. Um, so last week we ended up in verse 9 
our, our last verse, and we're going to start in verse 9, because verse 9 is, is how we start today with uh, five points that I want to make in the beginning, and then we go on from there. So let us pray. Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. We pray, Lord, that you, uh, by the unction of your Holy Spirit, Father, that you will prompt us to, 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 to cause us to understand and to take in and make it all our own, the word of, of God. May we, Lord, be faithful to it in every way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So verse 9 reads like this. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. So let's talk about those things first. And out of those verses, you see, there's five things that Paul is desiring. Can, can you see okay-ish? There's five things that he that is desiring. The one, to be found in him, to be found in Christ, that is to say that he's desiring that he'll be, uh, maybe a better way of saying it would be because to be found in him doesn't give you the, uh, the clear picture of what Paul is saying. It is maybe a better way to say that he might be found out in him. That is to say that in his walk with Christ, people will find out because of his walk that he belongs to Christ. Amen. To be found in him. That people find out, that people see that he belongs to Christ. Secondly, that he desires to know him. And we, we know that there is many people... Uh, or, 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 or situations that we know of. We know of Jesus Christ. I know of such and such a person. But here Paul is wanting something much more intimate. He wants to know him, not just about him. And there's a huge difference because, between knowing someone and knowing about someone. Here Paul is expressing he wants a, a more an intimate relationship with him. And then to know the power of his resurrection. And so, back to, the, to knowing him, um, the word know in both instances uh, have to do, and even here, uh, know his, the fellowship of his suffering, have to do with experiential knowledge. This is not head knowledge, so people can gain knowledge and gather it and can go brag about what they know. This is experiential knowledge. So that he would express, that he would experience Jesus more intimately, and that he would know the power of his resurrection. And once again, it is experiential knowledge. So that he is saying that the Christian has the opportunity to experience in their lives the power of the resurrection. And then he goes on to say in verses 11 through wherever, uh, a, few, a few verses down there, that he goes on to explain the power of the resurrection and, and some of what it, what it means. And that he has not attained it yet, and so on and so forth. But the power of the resurrection, um, and I don't want to go into too much detail because we've already done the detail, but I just want to brush on it a little bit. That is, the big P is the power of the resurrection. And the R is the resurrection thing. The power of the resurrection is greater than any power that you in the universe. Even if you put a plus over here and combine them together. 
So P P P P P whatever power that you can come up with, whatever craving that you can come up with, whatever force there might be, the power of the resurrection is greater than that if you combine them even. That is tremendously good news for where, where, where I'm looking because people have different cravings that lead them away from the Lord or lead them into bad health or whatever the situation might be, but you have the power of the resurrection available to you to overcome that. Power here means that which overcomes um, resistance, you might say. That which overcomes resistance, the power. So there is no resistance, or there is resistance, but the power of the resurrection overcomes it all. Now, brothers and sisters, it is my belief that we haven't grasped it and we haven't grabbed it. Because there's just too many of us that are leading a non-victorious sort of defeated life. And there's no reason for that because we have the power of the resurrection available to us. And that I may know the fellowship of his suffering. He's speaking here of uh, there is an amount of suffering that he knows that many Christians have to go through uh, just because the fact that they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Here in America, there is suffering, but it's not to the extent yet that you have like maybe in India or Pakistan or, or Afghanistan or some of these places uh, where they burn down your house and they kill your family if they know that you're a Christian. So, but the... He wants to know the fellowship of his suffering and that he wants to have a life, not so much that a life that is going to be sacrificed with the ultimate sacrifice of death, but that he would die to self in such a way, live a sacrificial life in such a way of intimacy with his Savior that, that he has, the fellowship has, be, has increased. And then fifthly, that he would be made comfortable, conformable unto Jesus Christ. That is to say that one, that his life would be such that it conforms to Jesus Christ. And that two, that his behavior would be such that it conforms to Jesus Christ. And that his heart would be such so that his behavior is not an act or a fake. It is a behavior that flows out of his heart that has conformed to Jesus Christ. So that his life and his behavior conforms the same way. But it is not a forced issue. It is just a flow, so to speak. And then he goes on to say, 11 through 14, he is explaining, 11 through 14, that this power of the resurrection, which in this scenario, when he talks about the resurrection of the dead, as you read in, in the King James Version, is not the future physical resurrection that he's speaking of over here. Over here is speaking about, I'm sorry, the, he's speaking about the present spiritual resurrection. That is to say, once again, it is the, the power of the resurrection. Yes? So I have to go into some, uh, a little bit of detail but, but we've already done the detail. Uh, uh, so he is saying over here, listen, that power of the resurrection that brings such victory 
I haven't gotten it down yet. I have room to grow. I, I still am on this journey to attain it. But I haven't quite done it yet. I'm not there yet. And he is speaking, really, as we find out from the text, he is speaking about Christ's likeness. When he speaks about the prize in whatever verse it is, verse uh, here, verse uh, 14, that is what he's speaking of. The prize being Christ's likeness. The, the, the where the power of the resurrection will take him. That is what he's, 11 through 14 is all about. And he says, I'm doing one thing. Forget the past, press on to the future to get this prize. Christ-likeness. My brothers and sisters, I, 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 I pray that we would be of the same mind to press forward so that we might become more like Jesus Christ. Amen. It's powerful. And then Philippians 4, uh, 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 4 and we're going to talk about one real quick because one to me is like, whoa. And he speaks to the church of Philippi as dearly beloved and longed for. Do you address people like that? I, I wrote 27 notes this past week. And many of the notes I, I addressed like this, like Paul. And I, I wrote in my note that the sentiment that Paul expresses to the Philippians is the same sentiment I have for you. Dearly beloved and longed for. I long to see you and I love you like crazy. My joy and my crown. <laughs> my joy. When I think of you, I, there comes this joy over me just for knowing you. Just the remembrance of you brings me this joy. And I can't suppress it. Not that I'm trying to, but I can't. <laughs> just bubbling over. I was telling Silver this morning. I feel, what did I tell you, honey? I feel so um, bubbling stuff in me today. <clears throat> I don't, not that I'm, I'm not a depressed sort of a person. I'm sort of a bubbly person. But this morning I was sort of like a, how you call it? A, huh? A giddy. I felt giddy. <laughs> I just want to <laughs> just laugh a little bit. <laughs> just a little bubbly. Uh, I, you know, <laughs> I woke up like at 4 o'clock. Me too. And, and so there was no reason to be giddy or bubbly. <laughs> but I was. And I couldn't help it. I, I, that it was. And so, Paul says, my joy and my crown. You, I'm writing this note to these people, and you, here, you are the reward that God gives to a person who is related to you. You are a reward. You are a reward to your spouse. You are a reward to your brother or your sister. And you certainly are a reward to me. My joy and my crown. And he goes on, he says, So stand fast in the Lord. And then he repeats himself again. Dearly beloved. And then verses 2 and 3 have to do with the fact 
that there was a little bit of strife there between two of the sisters. And uh, he says, hey, get, get, get your act together, okay? Uh, 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 reconcile. And it's one of the yoke fellows that in verse 3 says, Paul says, help them out a little bit. They, they are willing, but eh, so-so. So you arbitrate a little bit. You come and you bring them together. And you make the reconciliation. Make it happen in the spirit. Uh, and then verses 4 through 9 have the idea of Paul once again as, as so often. And I, 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 I want to share this with people. And I, I just have this week shared with somebody. Uh, uh, you know, Paul in prison writes about joy and rejoicing a ton. And it seems to me that Paul must have something that a lot of people don't have. We are not in prison, and we don't express that kind of a joy. And so, yes, I know that some people think that joy is sort of this state, this spiritual state that you are in. It doesn't necessarily express itself in the face, but, but it is sort of in your heart, and it is a state. And, and, but, hey, the word joy has the same root as rejoicing, and when you rejoice, it's not hidden, brothers and sisters. If you tell me, oh, brother, I'm rejoicing. I don't think he's going to believe you. And it has the same root as joy. So when somebody is talking about joy, Paul is talking about joy in prison, I'm thinking, that's what I want I want what Paul got. Holy Spirit, I want to subject myself so to you that your fruit is so abundant in me that if I were in prison for the gospel of Jesus Christ, this joy would be bubbling, bubbling up out of me. Rejoice. And then he goes on to say, be anxious for nothing. There is a problem. There's a problem of anxiety in the Philippian church. There's a problem of anxiety among lots of us. And he says, this is the problem. I'm giving you a solution. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make all your requests be known to God. Prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Lord, this is my request. And he says... And the peace of God. My dear brothers and sisters, I don't know too many virtues, too many things that are as wonderful as the peace of God. Which passes all understanding. That is to say, when other people see the peace of God in you, and they know your circumstances, how can you be so calm? I know your circumstances. How can you have so much peace? It's the peace of God. And he says, the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds. As a goalkeeper in soccer, the, the peace of God is protecting your hearts and your mind from the shots of the enemy. Yeah, you can have peace. He's protecting you. Keeps all those shots out of it. But the solution is by prayer and supplication 
with thanksgiving. Make your request known to him. And the result will be that the peace of God will envelop you. <laughs> peace of God. I, I got to hurry up with that. Okay. That was sort of the introduction, but. <laughs> then he goes on to give us a little bit more help concerning when we get when we get anxious and he says think on these things because your mind sometimes plays tricks with you does your mind sometimes play tricks play, play trick with tricks oh, with you yes. is it just one person <laughs> okay huh okay 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 well, because that is the thing. That is, and this is nothing new. This is nothing new to Paul. This is nothing new since Paul. Amen. This, is, this is sort of where we live. But Paul says, I want victory in your life. I don't want your mind to take you to crazy places that will get you in trouble. Can your mind get you in trouble? I think that most of the trouble is caused in your mind. Yes, Satan and the world, they influence you, but many times they go through your mind to make it happen. It gets your mind off someplace. Look what he did to you. <laughs> what did he do to me? Oh, well, such and such and such. Oh, rascal that he is, you know. Oh, but Paul says, no, 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 don't go there with your mind. Arrest the attention of your mind and bring it here. And he says, think on these things. And he says, things on the things that are true, the things that are honest, the things that are pure, the things that are lovely, just pure, lovely, of good report. If there is any virtue, if there is any praise, he says, think on these things. Think on these things. That is an instruction that Paul gives us for victorious living. Think on these things. If your mind is going somewhere else, bring it to these things. Okay, um, let's see here, and again, 17, where am, I, where am I going here? We are at, at 9, oh, uh, let, me, let me go over this, and he goes, on, he goes on to say in verse 9, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, he says, do, do, and the God of peace shall be with you. So he says, if you do these things that you have received from me and, and learned from me and so on and so forth, and he says, and you have seen them in me, do them, and the God of peace will be with you. So he's saying, not only can you have the peace of God, but you can also have the God of peace. Is he always with you? Yes, he's always with you. But if you let your mind go all these crazy places, you sort of are not that close to him. You build a wall between you and him. Is that possible? Oh, there's in any relationship there, there can be walls. So he says, don't go over there. If you do these things that Paul is talking about, things they've learned and received and, and, and so on and so forth, he says, if you do these things, then the God of peace shall be close to you. And isn't that what we want? The God of peace to be close. So um, then 10 says, I rejoice in the Lord. Uh, Greatly, now that at last your care of me has flourished again. 
of which you were also mindful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I speak, um, for I have learned in whatever state I am in this to be content. And so the word content is a big word over here that we as Christians need to learn to that in whatever state we are to be content. Let, let us not be discontent people. You know discontent people? I know people that are only content if they are discontent. Amen. <laughs> that brings them contentment. If they can just be discontent. If they can just be unhappy, then they are happy. For their unhappiness. We don't want to be of that, that school. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. 13. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is a misapplied, misunderstood, abused verse in, from our text. And it's applied in all kinds of crazy situations. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He doesn't want you to do all things. <laughs> I can buy a Cadillac. I can buy a Mercedes-Benz. Through Christ who strengthens me. Hey, it's misused. Can you, give me, can you give me the amplified version there, brother? You have it? Amplified. This is what the Amplified Bible says, and it is closer to the truth than the King James is expressing, unless you go study the text of, of the King James and find out what it is saying. But just the English text will, will if you're not careful, will lead you in a place where the, the text is not really taking you. And so he says, I can do all things, and this is an important part, a portion of it, because what he wants you to do are the things that he wants you to do, not other things. I can do all things which he has called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. I am self-sufficient in Christ. And he goes on to say, I'm self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. That is closer to the right translation of the meaning of what Paul is saying there than the King James at, at first glance uh, shows. So, you know, if you have an Amplified Bible at home, copy it. And remember that this is not to be used just any, how is it, Nelly Hilly or Hilly, Hilly, Willy Nelly. I'm thinking about Willy in the hill country or whatever, but the way um, 40. Notwithstanding, you have well done that you did, that you did, Share with me my, with my affliction. Now, ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me in, as concerning giving and receiving, but only you. There was a church there in, in, in Thessalonica that was a wealthy church that didn't even share with Paul. There was only, it doesn't say it over there, you have to study it a little bit. Um, uh, but the Philippians, who were not a wealthy church, they shared with Paul. And so Paul had a real affinity to them, a real liking to, to what, they, what they stood for. And he says this, for even in the, oh, that's a, I can see it, you sent 
once and again unto my necessity. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. So he says, it is not a, a gift I'm looking for so much as that I'm looking for you, for God, to bring fruit to your account in heaven. I'm looking for God to build you an account in heaven and add to it. I'm not looking for the gift. I'm not looking for me. I'm looking for you. And that is, should be certainly uh, 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 an attitude of any leader that he's looking for the things of his people rather than the things for himself. Uh, and then, but I, have, but I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell. A sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. And I don't know what I have over here. Content, misapplied. A fruit. He wants fruit for them. And the, the gift that they have sent to him was like a sweet aroma. A sweet aroma. And he says, a gift well-pleasing to God. And he considers the gift that they sent to him as if they had sent it to God. Yes? Okay, when people give, when you give your tithe to the church, you're not really giving it to the church. You're giving it to God. And you pray for the church that the church would use that money, God's money, in the right stewardship. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to finish it today, brothers and sisters. So bear with me. Bear with me. Well pleasing to God. Verse 19. But my God shall supply all you need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. This is a true statement, but in, in, in the co context over here, it has to do with the fact that, hey, listen, even though you made a sacrificial gift to me, you're not going to lack anything. Because God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. My dear brothers and sisters, not according to my riches, or your riches, according to his riches. Now, let me tell you this, what I have discovered in my life. I'm 70 years old. I've been a Christian since I was 25 years old. All these years, almost without fail, that is to say, at some points I was able to be more generous than at other points because at some points I didn't even have a dollar. But that I, I discovered that when I was generous in the Lord... I was never sorry for it. Never. Not even once. Never. Not even once. I shouldn't have done that. Never. And he goes on to say, Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, chiefly they that are of Caesar's household. So now, let me just go back a little bit to chapter 1, um, chapter 1, and uh, I'll be quick, and verse 12, where he says, But I would ye understand, that ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. 
So the Philippians, when they heard that Paul was in prison, they thought, oh my gosh, it's over. It's done. (laughs) What are we going to do? And Paul is writing them to encourage them to say, listen, I'm in prison, all right. But actually, God has found a pioneer way to advance the gospel through my chains. So when we hear about Paul in prison, we're thinking, poor Paul. He's tied to a soldier in chains. But Paul is not thinking that way at all. Paul's thinking, poor soldier. He's tied to me. I have a captive audience. I get to share the gospel with him. That is where this household of Caesar, so many got saved that he says, the household of Caesar is sending greetings to you. Many got saved. Hey, we, uh, Paul, we, we're sending a new shoulder to, to, to guard you. Please send me. The other one got saved. I need a new one <laughs> to get another one saved. <laughs> hey, why don't you send me two on each side? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Amen. Kiss.